The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast and the only podcast that was absolutely flabbergasted that Danny Crossman got fired this week. I'm your host, Nate. And this is our Locker Room Cleanout Edition podcast, where we will discuss the Bills' needs in the offseason, what's more important, offensive linemen versus offensive weapons like wide receivers and tight ends, the recent firings of assistant coaches, were they warranted, and is it weird rooting for people to lose their jobs, and a few other topics if we have time. But I'm joined by my co-host tonight, Mike. Mike, it's great to have you back from Florida. Welcome to the offseason. Great to be here. Good, good, man. Good to have you. Hey, so real quick, before we go into the question of the day, I have another quick question for you. Does it feel weird that Wild Card Weekend is all done and the Bills aren't in it this season? I mean, does it feel the same as it has the last 19 years besides last season? Or is it like, hey, I thought we uh, we should be in the mix this weekend? It feels totally normal. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel weird at all, right? Not, not at all. <laughs> Isn't that sad? I mean, it was last year feels surreal. Yeah, I mean, it happened. It was just, it was just amazing. But we weren't thinking that this is definitely, especially the way the season panned out. I don't think any of us thought that a return was definitely going to happen. I don't think before the season we thought that a return was definitely going to happen. So we kind of lowered expectations. You we're know? not optimistic people by nature. <laughs> well, we're all suffering from sad right now, right? So mm-hmm. none of us can be optimistic now that Christmas is done and we're all, we all have seasonal effectiveness disorder. So um, yeah. It's a real thing. You know, I was listening to local radio and they're kind of mentioning like, yeah, you know, I was kind of bummed this last weekend, you know, playoffs are coming. We're not in it. And I'm like, I did not think at all that that was going to be a possibility the way that the off season went, the way that the beginning of the season went, not that we're not optimistic to where the future is, but I don't think anyone thought that this season was going to be the season that they repeated. But um, especially when it was a fluke last season, it was kind of like, you know, was, there were very long odds of the bills actually making the playoffs last season. So anyway, um, now to the question of the day, the question of the day for the podcast, 
which should be a higher priority for the Bills this offseason and what would lead to greater success for Josh Allen or any NFL quarterback in general. Now, I have two choices here. Is Do you have the offensive line or offensive weapons like wide receivers and tight ends? So basically, you know, what should the Bills make a higher priority this offseason? In a vacuum where both things are completely equal, this doesn't take into account the fact that, like, they might think, they want wide receivers, but really they can't get any and they have to settle for offensive linemen because, you know, nobody wants to come to Buffalo or whatever the case is, right? Or they price themselves out of the market or whatever. Like all things being equal, what's more important for any NFL quarterback to succeed? Is it the offensive line, a good offensive line or good offensive weapons? Mike, do you have a, do you have an opinion about? It's the offensive line name. <laughs> unequivocally by far? Absolutely. That's kind of, that is exactly what I was thinking, because for me, it's like you have, you could have a stud wide receiver like Julio Jones, right? But you can't pass to him if you're on your back all game, right? And you see all these teams that have good offensive lines, like look at Andrew Luck this season. He's doing great. They made it, they just made it to the second round of the playoffs and he's only had 18 sacks this season. So that's, that's a huge reason why they're doing the way why they're, they are the way they are whereas like if you don't have great amazing wide receivers like not everyone has an Odell Beckham Jr. or an Antonio Brown but if you have a good quarterback and a good offensive line good quarterbacks can make like decent mediocre wide receivers like good right absolutely it seems like more and more in the NFL today right the skill players are plug and play yeah yeah look at the Patriots all these years they've been amazing they've been going to Super Bowls almost every other season and do they have the most amazing wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> they have no one. Nothing. They never have anyone. So, um, and just because you have like an amazing wide receiver, like a like a Julio Jones or AJ Green or whatever, it doesn't mean that you're going to make the playoffs with great weapons. You still need an offensive line to make sure that you don't get injured like Andy Dalton got injured this season. You know, you need protection. So, I mean, in my opinion, I think that offensive line is more important. I think that you can succeed and achieve in this league without great weapons, but you can't without without a good offensive line or at least, you know, an adequate line. And, and I guess that kind of goes to Josh Allen. I think the Bills should spend most of their money and assets in free agency and the draft on offensive linemen to build a better team around him just to get him to that next level. And he can make a better, like, look, he made like Robert Foster, you know, a really good weapon. The guy was an undrafted rookie. And how often do undrafted rookies really make a, a statement like that? It's it's possible he's just that talented, but really it's probably just Josh Allen. Yeah, you know what? I'll definitively prove this to you. So in college, I tried the draft on Madden once with this guy I knew, right? One time where you do you go through all the players, you throw them into a pool, and you draft your team. Yeah. And... I was picking the greatest skill players available. And this guy thought he was so smart and he picked offensive linemen. And I'm like, huh? Like, I'm going to destroy you. I have Randy Moss. I have, you know, whatever. All, yeah. The best running back, all the best wide receivers. Ladini Tomlinson. <laughs> right. And he had the, the five best offensive linemen. And I had garbage offensive linemen. I just figured I'd. Drop back and throw it to Randy Moss for touching every time. Yeah, yeah. But he, oh, I got destroyed. <laughs> yeah, completely destroyed. It was a very humbling experience. You probably had no time to actually pass the ball to Randy Moss, right? Could do nothing. You couldn't run. Yeah. You couldn't pass. 
it all came down to the offensive line. Wow. That's a good analogy. It's just if if it's true in Madden, it's got so like so you had all skilled players, like even quarterback, probably like ninety nine or ninety eight, right? Yeah. Offensive linemen were probably what seventies, sixties, sixties. Well, keep in mind it, it wasn't just the two of us drafting a team. It the, it would simulate all the other teams, right? Oh yeah, of course. So I don't know who the number one quarterback back then, right? But if I grabbed him, then <laughs> there's twenty, you know. Still with me? Yeah, I got <laughs> gotcha. Sorry, sorry. No, no, that's yeah, absolutely true. Good, good, because I kind of agree. so it wasn't just me and him going. You, pick, I pick, you pick, I pick, you pick, I pick. You. No, it's like there's all the teams in the NFL. Comes back around to me. I pick a quarterback, a wide receiver, a running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight mm-hmm. end. Right? He goes offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Uh, yeah. yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Got destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we put this, uh, this exact question on Twitter, um, and ran a poll. Um, if you're not following us on Twitter, you should, it's, um, at CTW pod, circling the wagons podcast, um, circling the wagons pod. And I asked which should be a higher priority this season. And I said either O-line or weapons, weapons being wide receivers and tight ends. Like I mentioned earlier, it was 74% in favor of offensive line and only 26% of on uh, offensive weapons out of 650 votes. So, Mike, you and I are in the majority, I think, of all fans. Um, so some of the responses there. Like, a lot of the time it's dangerous to be in the majority, right? Like, we take, typically lean contrarian a little bit. Yeah. The crowd all thinks one way. Maybe that's not the right position. But this time it absolutely is. We're correct. <laughs> We're correct. <laughs> uh, <laughs> John Figueres mentions um, Zay Foster and McKenzie could be upgraded, but they had decent. They played decent down the stretch. Offensive line absolutely needs to be upgraded. We had no run game, as they say, a run game is a QB's best friend, and that's a great point. I think um, the Bills you can't run the ball. See, so even if you have great weapons, I mean, what good does that do if you can't run the ball to just offset the passing game? Um, that's something the Bills really lacked, and we're going to talk about that later when we talk about firings from this past week. Um, Offensive alphabet soup writes offensive line will give time for his receivers to get separation and then he will be able to lob them bombs. Um, and then, but, but it was it, Dave L writes, I don't disagree, but I think if we had wide receivers that could get separation sooner, Josh has enough mobility to buy time. It's a hard question, but there's five offensive linemen, lots of holes to fill. Just one or two excellent receivers can make a difference. So he, so he did kind of agree in the end. You know, a couple of weapons is really all you need. Um, yeah, everyone, it, Ian Carmody wrote, um, offensive line, pass protection first, run blocking second, separation by wide receivers and tight ends second. And then Jason Statham um, wrote, which I had to, I actually stole his answer earlier if you heard me. He said, you only have to watch the guys the Colts drafted in to see how important an O-line is. Nelson has been awesome. Quint Nelson, he's he's talking about the the Colts guard has been awesome, and Luck has only been sacked eighteen times all season. So that's why I mentioned Mike. Did I mention Jason Statham is a listener to our podcast? The action star? Yeah, the action. No, no, he's just his name is Jason Statham. It's 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 funny if you click on his Twitter profile, it says I have a famous name, but not the lifestyle. <laughs> I'm just an average Joe. But that's funny. Yeah, his name is Jason Statham. It's kind of like a. Uh, what was it in Office Space? Michael Bolton? <laughs> it is better than Michael Bolton. It is better than Michael Bolton. At least he could, yeah. Mike, Jason Statham's a pretty 
freaking badass dude. So it's better than that, um, for sure. But with Jason, you can't really shorten it to anything. Like if you wanted to, not that you would, but if you wanted to, right? Like Michael Bolton, you could be Mike Bolton, and people wouldn't even make the connection, probably. Well, he could go. He could go Jay. But Jay is like an actual name. Yeah, true. Like J A Y. Yeah, true. It is. It is. Well, that's how his Twitter handle is J S E Statham. So that's why maybe he goes by Jay. Yeah, we'll see. Kind of crazy though. Um, Hopefully, nobody with our names becomes famous. <laughs> or at least if they become famous, they're as awesome as Jason Statham. You know, it's not like the Nickelback of you know whatever's going around now. So um, Jeffrey Wadey writes, the offensive line needs wor- needs less work than the receiving core. Allen had some of the most time to throw of anyone in the league. They really need an effective tight end and a slot guy. So that's an interesting thought. Now, I disagree, but I can see where he's coming from. Um, Bills definitely need weapons. They need both. It's just the way it is. So, so yeah. So that's that's all I want to talk about is a question of the day. It's something I've been going back and forth in my head about. I just wanted your opinion on this. And just kind of talk it out over Twitter. And I think I'm still going to stick with offensive line. But there are definitely some points to, for wide receivers. I think they should attack both, obviously. It's not just one or the other. But let's see what they go. Let's see see what happens. Um, If you guys want to learn more about potential prospects at the wide receiver and tight end position, um, please search for our bi-week podcast this last season um, where I talked to Chris Trapasso from CBS Sports about potential Bills prospects in the first and second rounds. He went over defensive, offensive, offensive linemen, uh, wide receivers, um, just really great conversation. There were, he mentioned so many names. I'm actually going to have to listen to it again myself, even though I actually did the interview. So um, so real quick, um, usually John does this. John wasn't able to make the podcast tonight, but um, we're going to do um, a quick segment for the offseason called um, this week in Bill's history. This week in Bill's history. So this week in Bill's history, it is the 26th anniversary of the Bill's comeback game, where the Bill. That little graphic sounded a lot like you, Nate. <laughs> what? The... I guess it's not a graphic soundbite. Oh, you mean the this week in Bill's history? Yeah. No, that's funny. Funny you mentioned that. It definitely had a British accent. So it's funny that you would think it sounds like me, but um, I didn't hear the British accent. <laughs> um, well, maybe you were listening enough because it was absolutely authentic and definitely not contrived or anything like that. So, um, but we'll take note, and maybe I'll have our sound guy do another, another one with a better British accent. Um, let's see. Uh, so yeah, the Bills comeback game. Um, obviously, everyone knows about that. Um, kind of crazy. It was twenty six years ago, but yeah. So as far as um, news goes, the Bills sign wide receiver Dekeel Duke Williams from the Edmonton Eskimos of the Canadian Football League. He's a six foot three, two hundred and twenty five pound receiver that led the CFL last season in receiving with um, fifteen hundred yards. Was tied for the most receiving touchdowns in the league with eleven. Um, he's twenty five years old. He's a product of Auburn University. Was signed to a reserves futures contract. So um, we'll see what happens if anything for him. Um, but it's a great sign if anything else, or if nothing else of Brandon Bean trying to get Josh Allen, all the support he can, uh, in this upcoming off season, he's leaving no stone unturned apparently. Um, even if it's North of the border. So that's pretty cool. Um, Bill signed, they re-signed backup quarterbacks, Derek Anderson and Matt Barkley this week. It's just kind of a interesting thing. Um, it's good obviously because, 
Uh, it sounds like Bean is very much into keeping stability around Josh Allen or finding out exactly what works for him and um, keeping those players and those people around him. He obviously didn't think Kelvin Benjamin was doing that for Josh Allen, so he didn't keep him. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty good. I like Matt Barkley as a backup quarterback. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, it's good to see stability at the position for sure. So now we go into the Bills firing their assistant coaches. So we'll go first. Um, wide receiver coach Terry Robisky was fired uh, this last week. Um, just to give you an idea, um, so him and the offensive line coach Juan Castillo were fired this past week, and and a lot of people were talking about how it kind of seems unfair that they would fire the wide receivers and offensive line coach because they had so little talent on either side of that. Plus um, they dedicated the least amount of money to both positions in the league. So um, one thing I will say, so I did a little bit of stats research and the bills receiving yardage this past season was ranked 31st in the NFL, 2,794 yards, right? So terrible second worst in the league, but um, the bills ranked 29th in the league in yards by wide receivers specifically, not including tight ends or, or running backs. So that's kind of a, an important distinction. So they rank 29th in the league by uh, in yards by wide receivers, and they rank 31st in the league in receptions by wide receivers. So um, the offensive line coach, as far as Juan Castillo goes, um, the Bills ranked 21st in yards per carry in 2018 at 4.2 yards per carry, which you're thinking, oh, that's not terrible, right? I mean, it's better than I thought it was. Well, I did a little bit of research into this, and the Bills actually ranked second in the league in quarterback rushing yards with 677 on 103 attempts. Um, and actually, Allen had um, 7.1 yards per carry, right? So that's a pretty high number. So if you look at that number, um, I, I was like, well, if his number is 7.1 yards per carry and their overall is 4.2 yards per carry, what is the actual running back number, right, for, for, the, for how the Bills did successfully in the run game? Well, the Bills would have had 3.6 yards per carry and rank um, 32nd in the league at that. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Even Brutal. Yeah. Even below Arizona at 3.8 yards per carry. Now, I was like, well, you know, you if I do it that way, I kind of take away all quarterback rushing, right? So Josh Allen, we know, is a good running quarterback. Well, let's, let's see what would have happened if I gave them like an average quarterback, right? An average quarterback with the average amount of carries and the average amount of yardage, right? And if I did the same thing and I gave that team – that much. It went from 3.6 yards per carry to 3.7 yards per carry as a team. Mm. So still worst in the league, still not good. And that would kind of explain why Juan Castillo was probably let go. Now, they did have a, a lot less talent in offensive line, but um, but even last season with um, Incognito and Wood, it was still a, a step back from even when the Rex Ryan regime is set as that since Anthony Lynn, when he was the offensive coordinator. So I think that's the main reason why those guys got fired. Um, special teams coach, Danny Crossman, who has been on the wall of shame for what, like at least four or five weeks this season for us. Um, he was let go this last season as a surprise to pretty much no one really. Um, anyone that watches Bill's games um, just saw a lot of, ineptitude on that side of the ball and I think it's safe to say that botched fake field goal attempts blocked kicks missed field goals and muffed punts uh, won't be a weekly occurrence on game day 
So I have a question for you, Mike. So this is something that I kind of deal with, you know, personally, and I know that we all wanted Danny Crossman fired, right? But do you ever find it weird that we root for coaches to get fired as fans? I mean, that's kind of weird, right? Like that would never happen in any other walk of life, right? I mean, these guys have families. They'll have to move now to a new job. It'll probably be a demotion or whatever. But um, but just weird to like, because I wanted Crossman fired. I, and and now that he is fired, I'm kind of like, oh, I kind of feel bad for the guy. <laughs> you know, he probably, he's been here for like six or seven years. He probably has a family and a house here. He bought a house. It's not like he's just been living here in the off season probably. I don't know. What do you think? Do you ever run into that as a, as a fan, like when it comes to people getting let go or anything? It's hard to separate out the, the business side from the human side of it for sure because you hate to see something bad happen to anybody. But at the same time, I mean, if you're a McDermott, right, you need to see improvement or you yourself are going to be gone. Yeah. It's like you, you get it. Yeah, exactly. It's not easy. Yeah, not easy. I mean, you can't like, – you really can't have guys that aren't producing, you know, um, on, on the field because it, odds are it's not going to get better. You know, I mean, how many times have coaches been given like fifth or sixth years like Jeff Fisher? Like he kept getting contract after contract. He never actually improved – the Rams team. And then as soon as he leaves, like they're like 13 and three, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I guess I definitely wanted Crossman fire, but it's just weird. It's just weird that it actually happens. It's like, man, did I, I wish for another guy's livelihood to actually, I don't know, not trying to bring the podcast down or anything, but you really just can't keep guys like that. And it is different than like, cause we think like in terms of our jobs, right? We just have normal jobs and like, you would never, root for something like that to happen to a fellow employee or something necessarily, unless they're a complete, you know, idiot and they just make the team worse. But very rarely do you ever hope that or wish that on someone else. It's kind of weird. So do we have any, like, so I think now is the time since there's been firings and some letting goes and they're going to have to interview some people for these vacancies. Do we have any interview stories on the podcast? that we would like to share from like just personal experience, just like kind of off the board, just something everyone has interview stories. And I know I have a few that I can share. Mike, do you have any stories that, that you want to add? You want me to go first? I can go first. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So I'll do one. Um, an internship that I was interviewing for while I was going to college was um, at some place in Buffalo. It was a recycling plant, I think. And um, this was my first ever interview, I think ever. Um, and they were asking me, you know, what I thought of, you know, I was like, I was trying so hard. <laughs> you ever try like mm-hmm. overly hard to like, try to get someone to like you or to interview well. And then you come off like as an idiot. So like <laughs> they would show So this specifically was a paper recycling plant and they were showing like after, like after they shred the paper and they make it into like this paper mache or whatever, and this big like drum, like this you know, 800 gallon drum. Right. And this machine kind of like twirls it around, spins it around and mixes it. This guy's like, yeah, you know, this is where, you know, the paper gets, you know, shredded and mixed together with water to make a compound or whatever. Don't I stick my hand within the drum and just pick some out? (laughs) Just like, Uh Hey, Oh yeah. Yeah. I could see the consistency of whatever. Uh (laughs) Just like complete moron. Right. Looking back at it. So dumb. And then after the interview, that shut the plant down. (laughs) The guy didn't look at me like, oh, that's cool you did it. He kind of looked at me like, I don't think you should be doing that. <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't say anything about it. No, no, nothing was shut down. No limbs were removed or anything. But yeah, looking back at it, it was pretty dumb. Never stick your hand in a piece of manufacturing. Industrial. Industrial. 
Machinery, um, wow. But that was the same interview where I learned a very important lesson because at the end of the interview, he's like, so what do you see uh, with your career, you know, after you're done with college and all this stuff? I was like, oh, you know, I really thought it'd be cool to work on like robots and stuff <laughs> or like, you know, this different type of technology. Basically, that has- You told the truth? I told the truth. Oh. Uh, you can't do that in an interview, right? No. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. So I told him what I was really interested in, as if he gave a shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was just the rubber stamp at the end. It was just the rubber stamp at the end, yeah. First of all, I'm a risk to uh, safety within the within the company and the manufacturing floor, and then I don't even want to do recycling. But I mean, honestly, can we can we look at each other and said, whose dream is it to work for a recycling plant after college? Man, I was really hoping I'd work for a paper recycling plant. You know, it's just kind of funny. Like I would do it. Like there's nothing. There's no shame in working there, but it's no one's dream. Like where where do we ever get to work as our dream job? You know, it's just the way life goes. So what about you, Mike? Do you have any um, stories about interviews or anything? That reminds me. Yeah. So early on, I interviewed a Paychex. Yeah. Tom Galasano's own Rochester company. Oh, it was amazing. It was like one of my first interviews too, right? So when you come in, they give you like a math test. And I hadn't looked at like long division since fourth grade. So that was surprising that I got through it somehow. Um, And then the interview was okay until... Like a bang, bang. Like I had all the things memorized, right? Like, oh, when were you a leader? Oh, what are you? When were you this? When are you this? And I was such an idiot because I hadn't heard or hadn't practiced the weaknesses one hmm. before. So a go-to weakness is like, oh, I don't speak in a second language. I think that's good because a lot of people in America don't speak second <laughs> languages. Or even if you took them in college, yeah. you don't remember them. No. So the person can't really throw stones at you because they're not better than you. Yeah, typically, typically, you're like, oh, I wish I knew a second language. I'd be a better, you know, yeah, um, bilingual. Uh, yep. So I got him on that. I'm like, oh, I, I'm not bilingual. Mm-hmm. Bang, that's a good one. Yeah. And then the other, one, the other standard one is like, oh, you know, sometimes I had a propensity to take on too much. You oh know, yeah. Too, too, too good, basically. <laughs> but I learned to yeah, yeah. manage you know, my time. Or co- whatever. College taught me to. Yeah. Uh, prioritize, get everything done, you know. Oh, okay. Good one. Good yeah, one. That's the one. Yeah, was... My biggest, my biggest weakness is that I'm a workaholic. I just care too much. <laughs> I try too hard. I put the company before my own needs. <laughs> yeah. I'm a yes man through and through. <laughs> and then question, cause I hadn't practiced this before. How? I don't know. No parents told me no mentor. Like I didn't really have a mentor, but nobody prepared me for the, for the three weakness question that everyone does. So the third question, I was proud of myself for coming up with answers for the first two, but the third one has kind of stumped me. And then I guess I made the same mistake you did. I was honest. I had a, a flash of honesty. And I was like, well, I don't really like change. <laughs> like <laughs> when I learn a process, I like to just know it. <laughs> and I don't like it if it changes. And of course, paychecks, like the tax laws, every year is changing. The tax form every year is changing, <laughs> quarterly probably. Um, so I could I could see everybody's face on the interview panel. It just Whoa. fell. And it was over at that point. Oh, that's never, a, got call, never got a call, a letter, nothing. Uh, you can't handle change. That's a good one. I, you know, I learned that from you actually to not say that. <laughs> You're like a dog, man. Dogs hate change. You hate change. <laughs> Routine and routine. dry with predictable routine. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. 
That's a good one. Can I tell you one more, one more story yeah, about an interview? Um, my first job out of college uh, that I interviewed with, I actually got the job, but I'm wondering if it's because of this interview and they were worried about me filing a lawsuit after this interview <laughs> that they gave me the job just to keep me quiet. Um, so this was my first job out of college and, and at the interview, the guys like, you know, the engineering manager at the place was like, Oh, you know, let's, let's go out, let's do a lunch interview. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's kind of weird. Like I've only done a few interviews, obviously not very well compared to the story that you, I just told you about the recycling plan. So this is my like, I don't know, second or third interview, who knows? So he's like, Oh, let's do a lunch interview. So he goes to, you know, they, they take the order and lunch waiter comes over and is like, what can I, you know, get for you? And he's like, oh, you know, they have an amazing seafood bisque. He's like, you got to get it. So get, get us two bowls. So he basically ordered for me, which is kind of rude, right? Very forward. Very forward. A work lunch? A work, an interview lunch, no less, right? Yeah. It's and, not even like an appetizer that you're going to share <laughs> that he could eat all if he wanted to. Yeah, exactly. Like, I have to eat this, right? Yeah. It's not like breadsticks where he can have five and I have one, right? Right. So the thing at the time is I hated seafood, like with a passion. Like I ate no seafood, no shrimp, no fish, nothing. And this guy orders a seafood bisque for me. So what do I do? Right. What would you do in that situation? I guess I'd eat it. Choke it down. Right. That's what I did. I ate it. Like I like pretended like I didn't hate it completely. (laughs) So I ate it, this and that. So this is kind of weird too, but I'm going to share it is he's like, so, you know, throw up. No, no, no. I was okay. I was okay. No, no. This, yeah. I did have this thing though, which I will never be able to do another interview again without thinking this. As I thought in my head, I psyched myself out and I'm like, hey, what if while I was eating right now, I like started to cough and I spit right in his face? Like, where you go, <laughs> you know, just, it's like all over his face right now. I would definitely not get the job. So um, now I can't not think of that every time I'm doing that. But um, or every time I'm like, sometimes I just have that while I'm having lunch with someone. But anyway, I, I'm at the interview and the guy's asking the most unconventional questions. And since I haven't done a whole lot of interviews, I thought they were normal. Needless to say, I've never been asked these questions before in my entire life. Guy's asking, um, you know, as far as like, he's like, oh, what do you like to do with your free time? I'm like, oh, you know, I like to do, you know, hang out with friends, you know, whatever the dumb responses. Generic. yeah. Generic. He's like, well, what about your girlfriend? Which was a very weird question. Right. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I'm, you know, I'm not really seeing anyone at that moment it's like oh but you you like girls don't you <laughs> like wow like like our society has changed a lot since then but could you imagine him asking that question then or now i mean even then even at the then. time even then at the time like my sister's like you have to say something to like hr and i'm like no i want this job i'm not gonna <laughs> say anything are you crazy like I want to have a job, so I think that's more important. So part of me thinks that the reason I got that job is because a guy asked that question, and they were probably worried about me filing wow. a lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. He asked me, he asked me about that. So, yeah. Um, what about? Do you have any jobs about getting like like? So we talked about bills assistant coaches getting fired or let go. Do you have any job? Any stories about getting let go from anywhere or fired? What about not- like quitting? Or yeah, yeah. Or what about just like jobs that you didn't like? Why don't you, you tell that story? Oh, okay, okay, all right. Well, we both have. So Mike and I know each other. We're friends from high school, and one of our jobs during college in the summer was working at this meat wholesaler. You want to just say that it was like a meat refrigeration plant, basically. And I, th- I would say freezer because refrigeration 
make doesn't make it sound as terrible utterly terrible. terrible as it was exactly it was it was awful it was deep it, freezer deep freezer there. yeah yeah exactly so in the summer imagine it being 70 degrees at night well yeah we also had the, like the sea shift right mm-hmm. yeah there were like no jobs that summer for anyone like anywhere and we worked the sea shift at this meat wholesaler and they're like oh you it was like 10 bucks an hour or something like that which was amazing at that point because like minimum wage was like six bucks <laughs> so it was awesome and you know, it was like 12-hour shifts, I want to say. Something ridiculous. And the whole time, you're just lifting these, like, 80-pound boxes over your head and, like, using this. the meat juice is dripping on you. <laughs> you're going down your shirt and then freezing. Oh, freezing, yep. Yep, getting all over your hands and <laughs> your gloves, your your winter gloves that you have to wear in the middle of summer because it's so cold in there. Remember yeah, they had... going to work, you were sweating. <laughs> and then you go into a deep freezer. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, you're wearing it's so weird to be in July and then wearing thermals to work. <laughs> you know, um Under Armour didn't exist back then, but it w- and then they had that one section in the back Mike, do you remember it was like deep deep, deep it was like deep. negative like 30 degrees there. <laughs> and not only that, they gave us like forklifts, like as if we knew how to use forklifts ever before. <laughs> no training. <laughs> why would they why would they train us for that, right? Um, so needless two ton machine you're wheeling around in these little <laughs> just, corridors yeah it goes like 20 miles an hour it's <laughs> just around blind corners yeah <laughs> um, so needless to say we didn't last there long um, of our own well, like every t- if you, on your one break you go outside you're just your whole body tingles <laughs> you know you can't feel anything just tingles you're tired and you... as soon as the feeling returns like it's time to go back into the deep freezer yeah yeah, what a miserable job that was. It definitely. But at the at the onset, we thought it'd be amazing because you you work like four days on, three days off. Yeah, yeah. Right, we'd be like, oh, we have three three days off in a row. Amazing. That sounds awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah. You amazing. didn't realize like you'd be sleeping those entire three days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So during a summer day, you sleep to like three p.m. and be like, oh yeah, I gotta go to work another two hours because <laughs> I just worked a twelve hour shift. I get. To... <laughs> oh man. I remember, um, remember you quit like that day because I could, I didn't go in that one day. I was sick. <laughs> that is not true. You quit. No, I, I was sick that day. I couldn't go in. No, I, I quit. Not what the, the foreman said. <laughs> I, I quit two days after. So you went in. So you actually had a sit down conversation with the guy and quit in person. Like after a week and a half, what did we last a week and a half? I thought that's what you were supposed to do. Yeah. Oh, you are supposed to do that in real life. Well, I didn't because I wasn't going to come in again. <laughs> and I wasn't going to do another shift of that <laughs> shitty work. So I, uh, by the way, I'm not against blue collar work. I, I want to point that out because I work construction after this. We did, we both work construction after this job. It's a thousand times It's a thousand times. Oh my treated, God. Yeah. No, no contest between, yeah. Anyway, so, so I actually called the guy, like the guy that hired us, like, what was it like a day after you quit? And you're like, yeah. I was like, did he give you anything? Did he make you? Did he make you do your two weeks? And you're like, no. He's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. And so, so when I called the guy that hired us for Empire or for the meat wholesaler, <laughs> they're out of business now. It doesn't matter. So the meat wholesaler, and he's he's like. You're just going to quit? You're not going to give me two weeks? (laughs) Guy, it's day two and a half. (laughs) My two weeks would be like five times longer than I've worked there. 
ridiculous, ridiculous. So so funny. Um, do you you want to share this story too about the workers there? The workers there were actually pretty cool. They're nice guys for the most part, but it was a tough job, man. Like it was, it was it was brutal. But remember what the? I mean, they were all right, but you could tell like some of them would just as soon lock in the deep freezer and yeah, that'd be it. You'd be done. Yeah, probably a few ex convicts in there. <clears throat> oh yeah, so they were building out the warehouse. The part we were in was. Whatever, negative ten. Yeah, it was just shelves of meat in the areas. <clears throat> just shelves where... piled to the ceiling of any type of, of meat. Juicy meat, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but then this other part of the warehouse they were building was supposedly state of the art with all conveyor belts, mm. like automation. Um, I mean, Amazon takes it to a new level, but at that time that would have been like state of the art, right? Conveyor belts all over the place. Like, Oh, an order comes in, it's going to be dropped under the conveyor belt out to the pallet, pallet to the truck. Boom. Yeah. Right, right and next to all the, those right next to right the loading there, docks, not touched by human hands. Mm-hmm. But when we're getting the tour by the fellow workers, everyone was so excited. Like, Oh, look at this paradise. Things are going to be so great when when they flip the switch yeah. um, and the conveyor belts and our job is going to be so much easier. Yeah. But it's all run by robots. <laughs> like, right. We're, we're looking at each other like like right now. Are, yeah. Right. It. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> right now. You guys are doing the jobs of what that <laughs> conveyor belt is going to do. <laughs> so, and you're cheering its completion daily as if they were going to like retire like this they're still going to make the same amount of money so with just, without with, having to do anything without having to, to do anything back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as if that was like yeah it's like no like you know how like we run around this entire like like 10 million feet you know 10 million square foot warehouse and grab all these boxes manually like that whole thing is supposed to stop replace it replace it completely <laughs> <laughs> so they were thinking like, hey, I'm just going to stay at the end of this conveyor belt and just load it on the truck right here and then literally go 10 feet to the, the truck. <laughs> um, uh-huh. So we found out later on, right, that um, they ended up like cutting their staff. In, like, oh, from half. 300 to, to 18. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's kind of sad actually. But yeah, they were thinking it was, was going to be easier. Always be Always be careful. In any of our jobs, if there's something that can make it easier, always be careful that's going to take your job. So, I'm should I tell the McDonald's story, or do you want to just end sure. it? Okay, we'll end it. We'll end it on the McDonald's story because the people that don't care have definitely stopped listening by now, since we're not talking Bill stuff. Um, so my first job ever in high school was McDonald's. I could walk to it; it was super close. I didn't have a car at the time, so it was easier to just get there, right? And after like a year, like your first job was at the Holiday Inn, right? You were doing banquet serving. So you and another friend were like, hey. I thought we were keeping this kind of anonymous, man. Jeez. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, want to pl- throw my SSN next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah, we were working. So I said I worked at McDonald's, whatever. <laughs> it's okay. So we worked at the at this at a major hotel <laughs> company. <Thank you. laughs> That rhymes with um, Moliday. Moliday Blinn. <laughs> and um, so you were there. You're like, man, it's the best. Like the pay is good. You know, you don't have to, you know, you just you work at night on the weekends. It's great. You know, you make this money. And I'm like, dude, I got it. So I, so I was leaving McDonald's. I'm like, I don't leave this. You guys got me a job over there. 
And the lady who was a manager there was like, don't quit completely. Just say you're taking a leave of absence for school or whatever. And so I'm like, wait, the manager at McDonald's? Yeah, the manager at McDonald's was just like, just keep the door open because just in case you want to come back, you know, she liked you. You were the best worker she had. Probably. I don't know. (laughs) That wasn't saying much at McDonald's, though. That wasn't. (laughs) Dude, you would go in early on the weekends to open, you would close on school nights. Yeah, yeah. What do they want from you? Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's like six fifty an hour at the time. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, you're probably right. But she was just like, yeah, just you know, keep the door open, and you know that way you could always get a job back there. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna take a leave of absence. They're like, oh, okay. Well, hopefully you can come back sometime. I'm like, all right. So needless to say, I did come back. <laughs> but while I was working at the Holiday Inn or the Blaliday Min, <laughs> whatever we said, so we're. <laughs> So you and our friend are like, hey, let's uh, on the way to work, <laughs> the, way to the, <laughs> the way to the banquet serving. We're like, oh, let's stop at the uh, let's stop at McDonald's. I'm like, OK, sure. I know the people there. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I've only stopped working there like two weeks ago. So needless to say, the owner was there, the meat lead manager. And so us, we're dressed in our like what basically like our vest, our dress pants, like it looks like. <laughs> Your uniform. The uniform for being a banquet server. And <laughs> and the owner's like, hey, Nate, how's it going? I'm like, good, John. How you doing? He's like, good. What are you guys going to a wedding or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, John, I'm, uh, I'm going to my other job. <laughs> Look at my name tag. Look at my name tag. It says Nate. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I kid you not, I don't know if you remember this. I remember this distinctly. John looked at me, his face kind of went stone, like just it it just walked into the back area. <laughs> no joke. Just walked into the back area from working in the front. He was like taking orders or whatever. He walked into the back area of McDonald's. No joke. And I'm like, oh, that was kind of weird. Like me being a stupid high schooler, not reading the situation or really understanding, like, oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> So then the other man, the manager comes out after the owner went in the back, the manager comes out and is like, Hey Nate, um, like while we're waiting on our order, right. Took forever. Like, Hey Nate, you know, it would have been really nice if you had just been honest with us. (laughs) (laughs) This other manager, not the one that told me to, to lie. (laughs) This other manager have been really nice. You know, I'm just like, what what am I doing here? I'm just here to get a burger. (laughs) I'm getting (laughs) lecture (laughs) about working for minimum wage. Like, (laughs) uh, just, just funny. Anyways, <laughs> I learned a lesson that day looking back. Well, you could have gone back in despite them. Ask them when they're putting you on the surprise you didn't. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I think I pretty much burned my bridges with that McDonald's. <laughs> I don't mm. think they would have taken me back after that. The owner walked in Like, the back. jobs aren't mutually exclusive, you know? I know, right? I was in high school, too. Think about it. Like, what... What loyalty do you have to? Well, I guess I got to work there for the next thirty years. It's not like this is like the forties, you know. But yeah, a they, lot of. I mean, they abused you there. They too. did. They did. They rode you hard and put you away wet every night. <laughs> there was a guy that um, literally got out of prison and worked there with me, and I thought he was going to kill me one night. He literally said that girl. Yeah. Well, no, that was something else. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe it was. Yeah. Maybe it ended up being as a result, but like I t- was not my, it had nothing to do with me doing. Yeah. Anyway. So that's another story for another day. Maybe if we, if some bills members become convicts, we can break that story out. But, uh, but yeah, so great to talk with you, Mike, some off season stuff, some hiring, some firings, 
or not really any hirings, but um, mm-hmm. some stuff like that. So um, signing off, we'll talk to you guys again soon. So for Mike. Go Bills. And we for, still say that? Yeah, yeah. We still, yeah, it's off season. Okay. We, still, we still want the team to do well. So go Bills. Okay. And for me, Nate, go Bills. Hopefully you guys learned some interviewing information from us or some some lessons that you've learned. And uh, yeah, so we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.